This is the first episode of Fatal Option, written by David Cady. It is a work of fiction, 333 pages in length, published in the year 2013 and printed by Create Space and Amazon Company. First, the jacket of the book. David Cady was nominated for Author of the Year by Georgia Writers Association for his novel The Handler. Now comes the sequel to that thriller, Fatal Option, which picks up right where the first book ended. Matt Fagan believes that he has just caused the death of his brother Emmanuel, the demented, snake-handling cult leader. However, Emmanuel is saved from a fiery death by his disciples and seeks revenge against Matt by trying to destroy everyone Matt loves. When Sarah Brindle's son is abducted by a woman she recognizes from Emmanuel's cult, Sarah and her mother Amadora call on Matt to find him. After Matt's oldest son is shot and his youngest is kidnapped, Matt and his friend Leaky Waters must use all their skills to track down the predators through the backwaters along the Tennessee River. David Cady grew up in northwest Georgia, only thirty miles from Chattanooga and the Tennessee River where this story takes place. Mr. Cady is presently working on a non-fiction novel, dealing with the methods used by some religious leaders to obtain total control over their subjects. He lives in North Georgia with his wife Cindy. Now, Fatal Option, Part 1, The Stricken. From Leviticus chapter 26, verse 22, the following. I will also send wild beasts among you, which will rob you of your children, and destroy your cattle, and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. Fatal Option, Chapter 1, The Holy Man. First came the quivering of his heart, and then it shuddered, and then the quaking grew faster and stronger. The convulsion grew until it exploded into a pounding that brought him back from death. Or did it? Death, he was not to die, never to die. God had told him so, didn't he? The pain erupting in the side of his neck with each beat of his heart sent shock waves throughout his body. A crashing sound, louder than thunder, shook his prone body. Smoke choked his lungs. He coughed. Open your eyes. Emmanuel tried. They wouldn't open. Maybe someone had stitched his eyes shut. Open your eyes. Hurry. More coughing. Push harder. Open them. Hurry. Emmanuel forced his eyebrows up. His eyes ripped open. Flames licked, danced across the ceiling. Was this hell? He couldn't move. A clattering, rattling beside him made Emmanuel roll his head to the right. A rattlesnake coiled just inches from his nose, flicked its black tongue. Hell! A boot kicked the snake away, and someone, uh, something, pulled at the back of Emmanuel's shirt collar. The pain in his neck turned into a stabbing, unbearable wrenching that almost made Emmanuel lose consciousness again. Don't! Close your eyes. He tried to scream. He couldn't scream. He, he tried to move his arms. He couldn't move them. Hurry, said a woman. I got him, said a man who lifted Emmanuel in his arms. Where are we taking him? Help me. Emmanuel wanted to scream out. Where am I? Oh, my God, the pain. Fire, smoke everywhere. Hell, oh my God, help me. 
Pain like a thousand electrical volts blasted through Emmanuel's neck and pressed toward his heart. Close your eyes. No! They passed through a doorway and then another. Cool air engulfed him, and the sky showed an orange-yellow hue that undulated like a kaleidoscope. An icy wind hit Emmanuel's sweaty body. He shivered. To the shed, said the woman. And hurry up, Cecil. The building's about to collapse. Emmanuel's eyes shut. He drifted. Wake up. The shocking current in his neck erupted in his ear and then up to his hair. He pulled his eyes open. A blur turned into wooden rafters overhead. The floor felt hard on his back. Harry Cecil, said the woman. It's in the woman's dorm under my bed, the one next to the last window on the right. What's it look like? A black.